Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Too big. 
begin our show. Today we're launching a new adventure called E.T. Universal Zone with Mark and Phyllis Brinkerhoff. We're going to meet the Brinkerhoffs, find out about their journey to this point, and learn all about what they intend with their new show. Greetings and welcome, Mark and Phyllis. How are you? Hey, hey Hercules. How are you doing? Very <laughs> well, and how are you? Great. We're, we're fine, doing great. Thank you. And we want to thank you for giving us this opportunity. And I want to thank you for being so awesome. <laughs> and for, well, you're awesome. Well, now we got to start. You're awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, now, let's start with uh, the ET Universal Zone, um, and then we'll go into your separate journeys until you connect it, and then your collective journey that brought you to this point. Or would you prefer to start with that and then get into the ET Universal Zone? Hmm. I think we, uh, I think Mark uh, got a message from the, like you know, the upstage crew, the Universals, and he just wanted to. Universal crews, yeah, yeah, our friends. Wanted to read a little, little statement. They they had a message for message of Earth. <laughs> okay, let's start with that. That's some, that's a phenomenal place to start. <laughs> okay, well we can talk. About, I think a lot of friends of ours have known our journey, but we, for people who've never heard of us before, it's. Uh, Strangely, miraculously strange because um, it was, we were all it was all set up, but uh, like all people are on planets, like dense levels, like we were on the first level plane, are set up to be meeting people or greeting with you know people and families and friends. So it's preset before they come for birth, as as you know too. Um, yes. So they had a message 
and we can always go into that. Um, for us, for Phyllis and I, our hope is to uh, is simplify the message that we bring to people uh, through this show. So um, our, our our oversouls were we were tuning in, and um, I can talk with them and see them. And they were saying and tuning with Phyllis and me, because Phyllis hears from her over soul too. She gets downloads from her, and I'm hearing things her oversoul saying while I'm on there observing, and it's exactly what she's being told to write down and say or talk to me about. I mean, but in reality, it's, it's, it's intuitive for me, but it's like somebody's speaking to him. So. I'm hearing something. I was like, oh, she's saying that right now to you. Uh-huh. I got it, too. So the message from the – well, we're using universal because it's easy for people to remember. Yeah. In reality, we're in an omniversal omniverse, which means there's many universes. I know there's people out there saying, oh, it's only one universe. But there's multiple universes, and this is just one of them we're in, that we're preser- uh, pr- pursuing, I guess, our our growth as souls in this aspect, form that we're in now. And uh, even though NASA and different um, countries that send out satellites or, or observing satellites will go out and they'll say, well, the universe looks unending out there, and they keep thinking they're trying to find an end, but there's it's a it's a density. So it's really density and plasmic frequency. So mm-hmm. it's hard for them to find an end on this dimensional space. But there, it's out there, and it just keeps traversing through frequencies. So that we come into other universal aspect or universes. So the message from our omniversal friends and family, because all you everybody's oversouls are on these levels right now. If you're on a physical planet here, on this planet. In this galaxy or in this universe, they're pretty simple. Um, they're over souls. Mm-hmm. We call them over selves or over soul or true selves. That's what we call ourselves out there. We go, you connect your true self, which is your total self, and it's within all the frequencies, the whole total self, which means the omniversal self. So when they we were going to call it ET omniversal zone, but we've realized people are more familiar with universe, so it's easier to remember. So. We message from the universals, which is our oversouls in our galaxies, quoting them, the birthright of all souls is the never-ending quest for truth, knowledge, and most importantly, service to our infinite and radiant creator. And they say also, oversouls never cease learning and growing in service to creator. And they also said, which was fun, we live in an omnipresent zone, no need to meditate where they are. They live in the wow. omnipresent, which is the frequencies of the infinite. And it means also that they're not like we would like to say, all well, of us here on the planet, we go, well, we want to be one. I want to be one with all that is and one with the creator and one with God. You know, And we use creator instead of the word God. So sometimes I slip up because it's easy to say. But uh, okay. to be at one with the Creator, right, in our soul and in our aspect form here. And there's many aspects to the Oversouls. So right now we're focused here as aspects right now. You're Hercules, Phyllis is Phyllis right now, and I'm me. But um, sometimes there's, there's souls here that are aspect and form of a higher self-projection Became, because they came to do some extra work or do some other thing that they wanted to help out with. Even like Bodhisattva types of come out, uh, people come back to be a Bodhisattva. They'll say, well, I came back purposely. So they didn't have to come back, but they feel they had to and they want to help. 
I came back as an over as a as a higher self form on uh, in this galactic our area here in galactic area. So I I'm connected to a higher part. My next connection is to an oversoul aspect, and they were trying to tell me something to help people understand. You have a true self. We all do, and it's not, it's um it's not male or female. It's whatever it feels like being at the time. It just is. It's like it's androgynous in that way, a frequency. It knows all it is. So it's male, female, all blended. It has any focus it wants. It doesn't matter. And um, that there's different um, projections of that same omniversal oversoul so that we meet up with like, it's almost like siblings, you know, like little sisters, little brothers going down. So you're meeting up with the next aspect level, which is you're, it's still you. So I connect to an, an, an oversoul level of my own true aspect, true self, in an oversoul form. And if that, when I'm on the ship with that oversoul form, I can blend in and become one. It's like you get magnetically pulled in. And from that moment, I'm that oversoul aspect, which is here in this galaxy right now. And But even that oversoul aspect connects to another frequency higher, where it's also, because it's on all levels, we're on all levels. So it's like when they say it's all one, we're all one, or everything is happening at once. And what that means on those high realms where we're talking about anything over the 12th dimension, higher 12, 13, 15, going up, that feeling of everything is happening at once means from that level or that frequency, everything, you can see it all. You can see the few, where you're going as aspects and where they're going back and coming from and everything. So the goal for all... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, this is what I hope to get into because I'm trying... I've seen these things, but I'm trying to make it for us to understand it, for us to tell people, whoa, it's more than your mind can accept. It just blows your mind more right. the more you find well, out. I, I, I <laughs> want to jump in and just say that, you know, since I've been with Mark for so many years, um, obviously we've had these discussions. And it did take me a while just to to comprehend the idea of having my identity and being being unique to my experience in this particular lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. And then blending into a higher aspect of myself and still and and all of a sudden having the luxury of being in that perfected being but still having the aspect of my own self that I could separate from that being and um still go off and do do things separately. So it's it's uh it's like you're not you don't have to go and stay with that higher aspect or that finer, faster frequency aspect. You can come and go. Um, and so it's a little difficult because if people are probably wondering, am I going, going to lose my identity? And it's more like, no, you're going to expand your identity. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. And uh, mythically, uh, Odin, when he hung mm-hmm. from Yggdrasil to get the runes that were the code of uh, reality, um, he sacrificed himself to himself, uh, the s- sacrificed with a small S to the self, uh, to the higher self, which is a capital S. 
Um, so it's very difficult unless you've experienced something like that to, uh, uh, to grasp it uh, because we do, we exist on multiple levels and, uh, um, I, I try to explain to people like you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in dream, everybody's you, in a way, unless you're in the astral and encountering people. But everyone in your private little dream are aspects of yourself interacting, and some part of you is learning through that interaction. Yes, and, reflections of like metaphoric. Can yeah. I ask you a right. question about that mythology? That myth. Um, did Odin? Sure. Uh, did, did he? Once he once he sacrificed himself, did he did he come back again, or was it, or was it over? He had gone to the other part of himself. He he got the runes. The runes. Uh, um, oh, the runes. You know what runes are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've yes. seen them. Yeah. Okay. The rune stones. So basically, yep. that's when he got the runes. Once he sacrificed his lower self to his highest self, as he hung there on the tree of life, the runes started zooming past him. And he was only able to get a certain number. The number varies depending on which runic system you're using, but it's usually in the 20s. Uh, so mm-hmm. he, he grabbed these. And they're more than just uh, pictograms. Like, you, like, let's take the first two runes. Uh, it's Fehu and Urus, which is uh, uh, cattle and uh, aurochs, wild cattle. Mm-hmm. But yep. it translates into um, Fehu is where we get the word fee from in English. And it, it means your wealth, your mobile wealth. And they measured their wealth in cows back then. And then right, aura yeah. were vitality. There were the wild cows that weren't domesticated, that you know, right. uh, were very much alive. Uh, so that's uh, your health. And people here uh, are not masters for the most part, even the first two runes, which is health and money. So each of the runes <laughs> represents a concept, and to gain mastery, you don't need to. You know, um, it's not just a matter of knowing the rune and what it means if it falls in the spread or if you use it uh, in focus. It's that whole sphere of activity that the rune represents. So to master twenty-four such spheres is a prodigious feat, uh, indeed. Amazing. I haven't heard that. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> And it just sounds exactly what happens on this dense frequency, this physical plane, how we're giving um, Earth and, and many planets like Earth and are given symbols, things to work with, to connect with, as well as metaphorically, you know, like, so they know that's what that means in, in a pictogram or picture or a, like the runes are, because um, they're, they're fascinating. And um, I always thought the oryx, which was a huge steer, yeah. a cow, and they're and dangerous. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of furry too, because I I I know everybody listening is going, why is Mark talking like that? Because I've seen them from other times when I walked the planet. <laughs> they're uh-huh. dangerous to to the people, um, the, uh, the the Earth people at the time, because they're gigantic steers. They were like six or more feet high at their shoulder. That's a big animal. And if people were under six feet in that time, because a lot of times people weren't very tall, you know, different times in Europe, this animal would just kill them. You know, they'll kill you. They were very protective of their turf, and especially for their kids, their calves. And so um, I I knew from my history from studying planet Earth that the Greeks, 
ancient Greeks, right? They used to like trying to catch an oryx and raise it, I think, and uh, and use it in their games. So if people have seen this ancient art on clay tablets or clay pots from ancient Greeks, the men are cavorting over a giant steer. That was an aurochs. Yes, in Crete. They were like like in a like they were doing a show, and they had to get one as a calf, a young calf, so they could train it. Otherwise, the adults, you know, they had to get either steer the adults away to grab a baby calf and raise it to kind of make it tame. It's amazing, though. So alpha calves. <laughs> Giant steer. So there's some pictures like that. They show like they're doing somersaults with the and jumping on the back and flipping over it and doing somersaults around it or like in, um, entertainment. And whenever you see that giant steer, that's that orc. Uh, so we want to also say that um, as this is the oversouls and the crew and our friends, as we traverse the realms and decide to live in a new one, that's the many realms, mental mm-hmm. anchors on these physical densities like Earth, Heavy densities like this. This is the first plane. Well, even the etheric densities. Yeah, some of the etheric densities right nearby us here in this density frequency we're in now. They're invisible to us to see. They're walking through us, but there's another frequency there. Um, because in each plane, there is frequencies or dimensional spaces within each plane. So our first level Earth, our first plane right now, could have 70-something levels of frequencies or more. And usually there's a lot, and they go on to each other. Another one has another level, another one has another level. So it's hard to say when people say, oh, I want to move into this fourth or fifth or dimensional space. I try to help them with not understanding. Their, I think they're talking planes, and I feel that they're talking a level within this plane, the first plane we're on now, a frequency within the etheric realms could be a fourth frequency or a fifth plane frequency, and you'll still be a physical, like, human type, like some of the people on those dimensions. And they could still have children, and they might still eat food. If we talk about a third or fourth or fifth plane, a dimensional plane that we go to when we leave these bodies, those planes, on those levels, you don't have food, you don't need to eat. So I, when I say that to people, I say, well, are you planning to go or on this fourth or fifth dimension you're thinking of going to? Are you going to be eating food? <laughs> so that's how you know this doesn't make sense um, talking like that. But frequency, yes. If people raise their energy levels frequency high around their energy and auric field and everything, get it glowing really white and pink or light, light blue and lavender and white and gold, mm-hmm. they can, in time, you know, with focus and practice and getting rid of, um, like, uh, hate anger they have to they have to let go of a lot and to make move through those dimensional spaces a lot of people want to be able to take a physical body but that's kind of rare and hard to do for the souls that are on the dense level some uh like Yehoshua Sananda Jesus move through dimensions he would people say teleport and we'll say that he could do and um some saints from history can do um by location or be in two places at once or teleport, but again, it's a different thing with the soul. Well, I mean, let's, let's, release not, a lot. let's put some fusion out there. Um, Sananda, Yehoshua, can do anything because he created this universe. That's, that's our dogma. 
Well, yeah. That's our doctrine. He is the creator. So we don't, uh, we don't limit him in, in any way, shape, or form, but he does run missions around the universe or omniverse, omniverse and takes on forms occasionally when it's needed, especially in a first-level um, uh, planet like this where a lot of learning needs to go on before these these uh, souls are able to you know, traverse it, get off of it. So uh, just I had to jump in and say that because yeah. that could be confused. Uh, that's that's our that's our doctrine. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because we, as all people on the planet right now, we're all aspects of the over part of the over part. So we're just right. an aspect, and that's the word they gave me a long, long time ago. Because I was, they showed me a metaphoric thing. I was out of body, went out there, and I was away from the earth, watching the earth, and in our mid solar system, and they the over part, which a true self telepathically said and showed me a giant image of a giant salt shaker, which is what I tell people about as a metaphor. They wanted me to understand it too, even more. I knew I was me as an aspect of my over self, but when you're here now, it's hard for you to think that there's other aspects of you in the other parts of the universe or galaxies and other dimensions. So they said, look at this. It was like, here is you. The, the giant salt shaker your, that's your oversoul. All the salt in that shaker was filled to the top, right? They said all those salts are aspects of you. And one of those grains is you right now on the planet Earth. So that made, that was the way to blow your mind going, oh, my gosh. And they yep. said the only reason you're knowing this is you're focused on that self right now. We're focused here right now. But there's other that's aspects of us. I know, is it blowing your mind? Your other aspect of your oversoul? has other aspects that are focused to those parts of you, you too. But we're not aware of it because we're in this focus right now. But when we connect to the oversoul, to our higher self and higher, we start seeing those other aspects and meeting up with them. And I've met some. And when, when I hugged my own self uh, on one of the ships, and there was a surprise. They set it up for us, two of us. Oh. We both had the surprise. That other aspect of me was coming from another galaxy and another dimension. So when we met up on the on the Arkvana, uh, we hugged. We both knew intuitively, just know. They hugged, and as soon as we hugged, instant knowledge of everything that that person went through is going through me, and I now I have my information from this dense planet Earth. <laughs> so it's it's fun, wow. but when the Oversoul, can, you can focus to anyone. So when we let's pretend we all left planet Earth and we're not here on this density anymore, and we're in a higher self aspect form, and we go connect to the Oversoul our oversouls, and yet we're all friends, right? We say, you know, my, I, I have a life form. I'm, I'm somewhere as an aspect of in that galaxy and that other place, N59, whatever Earth wants to call it, let's say, Andromeda even. And you say, let's meet in Andromeda. Or let's go find, get into our aspect and go meet in Andromeda. And we all go, yeah. So we go to the, we go connect to our oversoul. We telepathically, of course, when you know, the Oversoul knows what we're doing anyway. It's right there with us. And says, okay, we're going to Andromeda. So now you focus as you now. As, let's pretend we're us now. Then we're up there in our true, true self. Now we're focusing okay. as us the way we are to that other aspect in, let's say, galaxy Andromeda as a metaphor for that. And we connect to ourselves. We might not look like humans or we might resemble human-like beings. We might even look like cat people. There are beings out there like that. And uh, now we're in that focus where we all meet in that galaxy, let's say. And uh, the focus will be just like we are now, thinking and talking. 
but now we'll be in that other aspect, seeing through that the way their eyes are seeing and experiencing totally that feeling and what that plane or wherever we're coming from. And it's I'm, it's like mind-blowing, but I've connected with some of the other ones. So it's like, mm-hmm. whoa. So it's like one of my other aspects names is Varian, and I knew that as a child. So the, it's hard to explain. And I told my mother when I was like uh, seven or eight, I said, can I change my name? And she goes, to what? And I said, Sarahless. <laughs> she goes, no. <laughs> she goes, why? I said, because that's my true name <laughs> in space. So that's my oversoul's name. That's how I go by Sarah, Sarahless. And it's um, <laughs> it's funny. But but this was happening to me as a kid. I was connecting all uh-huh. these things. So I was like, oh, i got to go there. So uh, I wanted people to understand that, that it's hard to think and fathom. But it's a game you could play if you want to go into a mind meld of something like, whoa, start thinking on that. Um, it's hard enough to think here you can connect from here well, in out of body to your higher self. I think one of the things we wanted to um, make sure people understood, because it, it, it just sounds like the ramblings of a crazy person if, if you don't understand uh, what Mark's uh, method is for knowledge his access to knowledge is is all is all experiential because he has that ability came in with no veil no veil of any former he he knew exactly who he was and where he was from uh from even before he was born and um so he yeah. he never lost the connection to that aspect of himself he he was never not able to see that he maybe didn't understand a lot about it as, as he was growing through childhood because he still had to manage how to operate in this in this world with you know language and everything else but he still traveled constantly back and forth to the you know adult aspect of himself mm-hmm. and you know which was probably confusing when he was you know it was four years old they told me at one point when i was about well, I was going out and back. But and wait back. a minute! I just wanted to finish that thought. Okay. So the the finish of that thought was so that when he's talking about these things, and uh, maybe there's other people out there, yourself, who have that type of uh, constant experiential um, information, but it's like he lacks history on this planet because he never had a life on this planet he came you know he in ethereum form he's been visiting because i was here his lost soulmate yep. uh, you know, I, not lost just trying to move up in the frequencies now because too much time has lapsed on these planets that are dense planes like this physical and when the solar systems are going through changes um we usually all come and try to help. That's why people are seeing signs in the sky, meaning okay, UFOs. Let's, let's hold off on that yeah. for a second because that's a really important point. It's like when he says we all come, he what he means is that the galactic um, alliances mm-hmm. in in multiple frequencies, you know, uh, start to kind of mass or kind of congregate in the neighborhood of this uh, solar system because they know that there are changes coming. These these are galactic uh, cyclical changes mm-hmm. uh, which are coming, and so they knew a galactic cyclical change was coming for the planet Earth and well, the solar system the, the, and the Earth and yeah. the Earth specifically because there's a lot of uh, physical yeah. life on the Earth. And so they that's why they made that decision for him to come in here at this time and and so while he's here he's he's trying to talk to people who, you know, may not even know 
that they have a soul. You know, they mean, or you know, they. I don't know what a lot of people are thinking, or how much they expect, or or what kind of things um, they they will have to go through uh, to you know if they transition. If they let's say somebody uh, dies and goes to the other side right now, and they're holding the kind of information we're all holding. Now, now what's going to happen? You're going to land up over in, uh, let's say, a first-level heaven, you know, the Christians might call, which we consider ourselves cosmic Christians, but anyway, they might call it the third heaven or whatever, mm-hmm. and now you'll be in a, with a group of people that don't think anything like you think. So that's not your heaven. But there are multiple right. realms in the heaven realm. That's not your heaven. So <laughs> that you, are drawn to the people are drawn to where they go. It's very interesting yeah. when you start to. It's <laughs> it's like the it's like you're putting two mirrors together, right? And then you just see this infinite uh, vision of prop possibilities, and so then you really have to start to to really whittle it down to or condense it down to the idea of what's your frequency and what are you willing to give up from the life you just led to uh, attain uh, what you really want, which is harmony harmony with other people that are thinking the way you do or hoping, you know, for the things you're hoping for. And or clearer connections to the creator before, you know, intuition. So it's very interesting. You you know, that's why parents have a hard time, uh, you know, moving on from Mm -hmm. uh, continuing to reincarnate because they're always watching out for their kids and their grandchildren. And so, oh, well, I'll just do another lifetime down here to make sure I see, you know, how they're doing. And so it goes. Mm -hmm. And we now, have you brought up we... the point and, uh, about the different heavens, and uh, mm-hmm. as you know, I'm Greek, and uh, Greeks are yes. kind of uh, strange in that, you know, even though most of the country is uh, Greek Orthodox now, uh, they never really let go of the old ways. So uh, since I was a young child, my mother used to tell people that after I die, I'm going to Mount Olympus. Uh, but since we're Greek, they'd let us. They'd let me visit the uh, Greek Orthodox heaven, so I could come uh, see my family. Uh, so you know, we okay. We have... That's very. So basically, what you're saying is exactly that. Yeah. You could see what it was. You can go to that level mm-hmm. of the Orthodox thinking, which you've now moved beyond. It's okay. It's all there. It's Hercules, all there. It's all there on those realms. And, and they had that understanding. They still have in their theology, like the Catholics do, a heaven of virtuous uh, pagans. Um, but uh, uh, again, it's, it's, it's kind of like this movement, you know, that you're not stuck in the heaven that you go to. There are other people that you love in other heavens. And if you know how, you can travel to these other heavens and, you know, visit them. You don't have okay, to that's an them. important point. Exactly. It's, I was going to cover that with it's you, It's not too. even yeah. so much as if you know how. It's if you desire to, okay. then you will be led to the place that will teach you how. Mm-hmm. You see, but that curiosity is really one of our biggest um, um, elements of transition. Curiosity, if a soul begins to become curious, it kind of ruins everything for them because all of the dogma that they've been taught about everything, and not just religion, starts to fall away because yeah. they start to stay above the plane of, of a, a particular way of thinking, and now they're, they're, they're sort of detaching. Well, we are detaching. Mm-hmm. Mark was never attached, so <laughs> no, never, no. I, I, I like to, co- I do collect stuff though, 
and I uh-huh. keep saying, why do I need that? I don't need that. But but I, and then I, buy, I get a book because I like the title or I looked at flipped in it. And I thought, oh, that would be a good book to have in a library for to give to somebody someday. <laughs> Having these books, I, I just, like, laugh. You know, like, you know, I know about the other side. I know about um, passing on. I've also had a near-death experience where I drowned and everything was gone to the heading up to that light and everything. But the um, when that happened to me, I was about seven. And I said to the angel, my angel, my guardian, um, we're traveling. I stopped, you know. I'm not a kid. I'm, I'm not a kid. Even though I might be seven when I go out. Um, I, I left my body, but I was not a little, little kid. Although I knew I just, I was like, uh-oh. So I said to the angel, my angel, I said, I'm looking at the light that you go to, the big giant tunnel. But you're just, yeah. just to clarify for the audience, you the the seven-year-old child of you was dying. Underwater. Yeah. And it was drowning. Yeah. And but you, as the adult that I you came out of my body in my higher self form, which I'm leaving. Whenever people meet me out of body, I'm in my other form, not the way I look here on Earth, but I'm in this other form. That's why on our website you'll see a picture of Mark <laughs> and a picture of me next to myself. Uh-huh. But because people have seen me out of body, and they didn't know it was me. They went, oh, I'm an alien. No, that was me. Oh, but no. anyway, so, the story. so the thing is, I'm <laughs> heading to this, you know, the big, bright, bright light, the beautiful light that everybody's drawn to is pure love. It's the calling of love to come home. It's calling you to the realm, the frequency to go home. Uh, and from there you go. But the light is huge. It's gigantic. It's not a little tunnel of like six feet by four. You know, it's like a giant 20 foot plus 30 foot diameter or bigger. And it's sparkling like... Uh, Oh, diamonds and swirling a little bit. It looks like energy moving. It's very beautiful. But you're drawn to it. So people don't be afraid. You know, when you're drawn to it, you're drawn to it. When they they say, go find the light in in those TVs and movies, (laughs) you can't miss the light. (laughs) (laughs) It's right there. So if if a person's very negative, evil, depressed, or has no belief system, they might not see that light appearing for them because they can't believe and they don't see it. It's all how a soul thinks. It's It's free will. You didn't finish the other story. And to get back to that, so I'm looking at my angel, and there's the giant tunnel of light, or light. Of, it's like a, it's like a breakthrough to your reality. It'd be like having a vision in the sky of a giant opening of that's light. It just looks like light and pulls you with love. So I stopped with my angel, and I said to her, "Uh-oh, I won't have enough time." to go find another body because I had to find a you have to take a reject body come in as a walk-in as a walk-in because uh, you have an actual no car walk-in yeah. which th- we we could do an entire show on just what's a walk-in and why are people thinking yeah. that they're all walk-ins today which they're, they're not I mean you really there are, don't, there, there are some. You really don't want to be a walk-in you don't, it's not yeah. something you should aspire to <laughs> but it's the time on this planet right now that they are coming and they're coming because um a soul, they might have did a little sh- uh, trade with the souls that are coming in to have a life here now. And these beings who usually, sometimes they come from this planet too. Sometimes they've had past lives here. You didn't finish the, the and story. They want to come back in, but the time is so short and it's very strange right now with our time that there's not enough time to get more information into the souls that are here still trying to learn. So I that, I feel that's what's going on, why there's more people coming more now. Uh, you'll hear about it. Um, a person was in a car accident and that soul left. Then the the other soul who wants to be the walk-in comes in takes over that body for them. Now, they should have no memory 
clear memory. They'll have memories in their brain that's left over for them as a as a computer, mm-hmm. and knowledge of things, right? But they're not going to have a pull towards it. It's like, what if that soul that died, like uh, died of a heart attack or something, and they couldn't revive them back? And the other soul pops in when they revive it suddenly. Um, has used to love to play music like pianos and violins or something. Now the new one that comes in has no pull to that. So suddenly they might have memory of that piano playing, and maybe they can let it go and do some of it, but it's not their draw like the love that the other soul had for that music. Their, this other soul coming in might have science or something else they want to talk about. <laughs> so there's lots of things. But they also might have memory of the family, but not feel a pull uh, to the husband or wife that they might have and f- try to figure that out. They can't always uh, work it out because the husband or wife might not be as spiritually advanced now. That soul comes in, they're more advanced in some way. They show something different than the other soul that left. And so they might divorce. But there's always someone for someone on these planets. Yes. When the, when that happened to me and I said to the angel, because I, I, was, I, I was going, oh, there it is. But then I went, wait a minute. <laughs> Stop the bus. I said to her, if I go through there, if I go, I'm not going to have time to come back to get another body and find one. It'll be too late. And as a seven-year-old saying that, even when I came back, I was saying, why did I say it like that? Because when I went to the other side to get to the ships where I come from, the Arkvanas, the big ships, where our oversouls use as bases for ourselves to be connecting to us, um, that's when um, I knew there was something else was going to happen to this planetary system, the solar system. So I saw what was going to happen in different ways with energies. And as I got older, then the crew and was always saying the things that are going on on the planet are not due to anything humans are really doing to the planet. It's kind of not that bad. Yes, they do things to it, but what's really happening is the sun. And that's going to change the planets in the solar system. And they told me that a long, long, long time ago, about 40 years ago. So I was telling people, in every, even in the 70s, when they talked about the greenhouse effect or the hothouse effect or the cooling effect, which they still do, they keep rehashing the whole thing, that it's not anything. It's the sun doing it. It's, it's changes that go on with the sun that affects our solar system and the other planets. Well, I, after all those years, they finally caught up with what I was saying. And Phil, since he's known me, I've always said it's the sun. <laughs> um <laughs> And um, yes. it's the sun. Uh, uh, people on the planet, physical dense planet, like to manipulate things and use things maybe as part of their story so they can, whatever, gain access to understanding or, uh, I don't know, write a book, whatever they want to do. So they might say, oh, it's this cooling or that heat house effect or this uh, global this or that. This is what the names they gave back in the 70s was greenhouse effect, a uh, little bit of not global warming, but the um, ice, what was the other one? The ice, because they were they were saying it was going to be ice too. So they were the climate change. They were calling it big changes. So this is they kept switching it over 20 years. Uh, what's going on right now is um, what's going to look like because of the Earth changes that's happening with the Sun and the solar system and the other planets, and the planets all work with each other. And remember, every planet has a being that works with it as a, an angelic being. Uh, like a like a um, archangel, it's uh, similar to an archangel, and uh, 
they work along with all this, all this that's happening in, in the galaxies. So they're all going through planetary changes. Jupiter, some of the planets are heating up, just like Earth. But it's caused by the, pla the solar plasma frequency in exchange with the sun and the other planets. So it's, this is happening. And it's a cyclic change that occurs in this galaxy, and this solar in our galaxy, I mean, in our solar system too. So it's every, let's say they're saying, twelve to 13,000 years in a cycle. Something major happens. Something happens, a galactic event. Our sun has a, like a micro-nova. And, and it causes a blast effect, which while people might be, um, the movie Knowing had a pretty good one with uh, Nicolas Cage, but it's the, this, this is what happens. And, and they went to the moon, Earth. Yes, so we did go to the moon <laughs> yeah. to get samples of the stones in the soil, because in the soil is glass beadings, tiny glass beadings, which was to show the cyclic change that occurred 13, 12,000 years ago when they had a mini micro nova. And then that was sketched on the rocks by the people in, at, at that time. But they went there and they found the glass on the side of the moon that faces the earth with the sun, with blasted it. So they went to the other parts of the earth, like the Sahara Desert or something, and they found in the glass, in the sand, beads of glass, which means a solar event occurred. And a lot of these solar events, we'll call it solar cyclic change or something, um, affects the life on the planet too. Whatever the side of the planet facing the sun at the time of the blast effect or the micronova, that gets blasted. The other side, you know, they have changes and they have problems. Well, you but know, things can happen like flooding. There, there's also the, earth I, the idea of um, there's a magnetic excursion that goes on simultaneously. So the, the magnet, north and the, the south north magnetic pole are, are, are moving too quickly toward each other right now, which combined with um, the, the micronova, which will be coming, will basically kind of tilt the, the earth back and forth, which is where you'll get all these floods that will um, you know, kind of get rid of civilization again. Again. It, this is not the first time. <laughs> but this is why you, people have found, uh, they found a battery and a geode that's 2 million years old. Our Earth has flipped. This planet has flipped about four times already. And uh, each time, there was people here in certain ways, whether it be galactics, you know, universals, or I mean, not universals, I mean, uh, Ethereans here, or different physical people like us here, different mm -hmm. heights. And that's where we get into the ancient, ancient teachings that it became metaphoric stories, like Hercules, right? Yes. We got people 100 feet tall. People, in other times, 30 feet and change tall. So those ancient times, these were galactic beings that came from other galaxies or other solar systems in this galaxy. And they, used their, they came to the Earth because Earth was known as a resource planet, as a lot of physical planets are that have a lot of water. So they use them as resources. They stop off and make a base here, and then they go to another galaxy or solar system somewhere else, and they'll make another base. So they have little stop-offs. And this planet was known for this. And we, we, that's why. And that's the first level physical um, yeah. ETs. Yeah, first level physical ETs like us, but maybe five hundred more. I mean, five thousand years or more in advance of each other in different ways. You know, like or a million years. So it's, um, and that's why some of them are very tall. They came from different planet systems. Uh, I know people out there listening who love the Arcturians, and and I, I spent our time once as an Arcturian. So these people are twenty, thirty feet tall. 
<laughs> and these star systems that are looking towards Arcturus, that's that that um, constellation. You'll, there's mm-hmm. stars beyond that constellation that are planet systems and everything, and they're g- giant planets, big planets, you know, way bigger than Earth, and uh, enough for life and everything. They're still out there. There's different ones, but those people grew tall, depending on the way that their life is on that planet. And there may be a two-star system. You have different things that are going on. So some of them came. And that's when you get those giant stones and under the water or these giant steps that they can't figure out how anybody could climb because they're uh-huh. 20 feet tall steps. So you gotta, <laughs> you got to imagine the huge person going up those. And why are there, only, are there only the stones left of these structures? Because in those times, and they still do today, if they work on planets, they utilize what's on the planet as their structures that they want to use, and then they have their other structure maybe made from other parts of woods and everything that can actually break down and deteriorate in time. Or they create other types of structure around it that dematerializes. They're not all physical dense, but they can be ethereans coming here too that are, ethereans are in different ether, let's say etheric frequencies, like near us on this density here, but they're a little bit different, speeded up like spokes in the wheel of a bike. So they're there, but they're faster in frequency and vibration, that's all. So when they come through, they can lower their frequencies or also wear items that help them to stay and uh, lower their frequency and stay here with us physically for a while. Slow their frequency. Slow their frequency, yeah, I'm sorry. Slow it down a bit. And sometimes they'll have a medallion. They might have a, a a bracelet, a ring. They might wear a medallion on their neck, something in the clothing that's inside the clothing, which I've seen, that now that's just a frequency for them that helps them to stay longer with us as they're talking to us in the in a field, let's say, if you have an encounter. So when I had the encounter in the park, he was using other things, this guy, um, Balthon's his name, and he was using stuff with me that I realized, oh, he had that. That was his balance. That was his, what he kept here to stay balanced, to be focused, physical density. And I shook his hand and everything. But I realized later as I watched him leave and walk through the park, I might be the only person seeing him because I saw him walk by two dogs and they didn't respond to him. So normally dogs are looking, you know. So I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, no, wow, that's amazing. And uh, this is how we work. And I've been worked here as an Ethereum, so I know um, how we can do it. We can appear to certain people we need to talk to. Now it sounds like the ancient biblical times. Two angels appeared or two other people appeared and only certain people saw them but nobody else did. That's what they they can do and they've always we've always the crew has said to me, Well we you know, we we allow we want uh, those who we want to see will see us. So if people look in the sky and see a spaceship or flying saucer or UFO or uh, up there in the sky, you can point it out to someone else and they'll look up and they'll they say, What are you looking at? You say, Don't you see that giant disc? They're saying, No, there's nothing there. That's how they do it. That happened at Fatima as well, where uh, some people right. saw uh, the, the sun, as they described it, spinning around and flying around, and other people saw nothing. So I know exactly what right. you're talking about. Oh, yeah. You know Tim Beckley, our good buddy. Yes. Um, Tim Beckley is the reason Tilson I met. <laughs> um, I say hi, Tim. And uh, he had a, a, a talk back in 1976 and I came to New York because I was told by the crew to go down and go try to get in there and see what I can do. So I went in to watch this and meet with Tim and mm-hmm. 
he had two men that were people that were there at the time of Fatima. They were older dudes, you know, maybe 70s or something, and that's 1976. And they were two witnesses as children, teenagers or children, uh, maybe 10 years old or something like that. And they said, what came out of the sky didn't look like a sun to them. It was a spinning disc with lights around the rim. So a lot of other people saw a disc. Others, because it was glowing, assumed, you see, that they don't know, so they assumed it's the sun. And it dried all their clothing, and it dried all the earth that was muddy and wet. So I never forgot I, 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 those two men. Were, they were so cool. They were just there, and mm-hmm. Tim had them on. I was like, whoa, this is great, you know. Because uh, me with the crew, my friends, they all told me way back when I was a little kid when I saw the movie and heard the story that that was a spaceship. But I'd also like to jump in and say that in no way denigrates the um, no, apparitions the of the Blessed Mother. No, she works no. with us. And she is who she is. She's amazing. And I've drawn pictures of her in, in when I met her again on the ships and everything. I've seen her in the gown. I've seen her in the... And casual clothes, and I've seen her in the spacesuit. But in essence, she's ma- she's a massive, massive being. 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 She tells she would tell us to if anyone asks. Nobody does, I guess. But it, she's not divine. People want to call her divine mother. They call her mother because she is the mother to all of all those because of how she came and what her mission was and what she did with uh, Sananda, who was Yehoshua came to birth with her on the earth. She is who she is, but she's like what we know in space, what we would consider the queen of the universe or universe. With, But she's wow. not a divine being. She she tells us, uh, she'll tell you, I'm a created being like you. Well, the, uh, just, uh, uh, she spoke those words to a um, a Jewish atheist who was a professor at in Harvard who had... A, an experience, a uh, spiritual experience that he had no idea what it was, but he, he actually had a, um, Jesus met him on the beach but didn't tell him who he was, so he thought he was meeting God, which of course he was. And then uh, he had a, a, another experience with the Blessed Mother, and he thought that she was so magnificent, and he couldn't believe how wonderful she was and, you know, and her love. And, and so he said, uh, so you must be divine. And then, then that's when she corrected him and said, "Oh no, I'm a created create. I'm a created creature like you." She said, "There's only three divine beings in the universe: the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." He said, "Well, then, how would you describe yourself?" And she says, "Well, I'm the beloved daughter of the Father, the Creator uh, of the Creator. Because we all are beloved children. I'm, you know, the beloved daughter of the Creator. I'm the mother of the Son, and I'm the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So <laughs> you could." Do the math. <laughs> but she's not divine. That's what she says. I'm not doing So he just kidded with her and said, well, you're as close as it can get for a soul to get there. But um, that's why people, I try to correct people when they say, I'm God. No, we're not God. You know, when they say, God, I am. No, you're not. Your frequency, your child of the creator, but we're not God. So I try to correct souls with this because this is truth that has to be corrected for the souls to leave this dense level of the planet plain one frequency if we have confusion in our system when we leave here say pass on we do not go further 
if we don't get some truth understood, and this has been the Phil and I have been calling it fake ancient news, because this is the the news that the lower um, fallen beings, or the ones who are cast down in different ways, have been per- perpetrating around the frequency of first plane of Earth, not just Earth, other planets on the first plane level that we're on right now. This first plane, so it's dense level. You have a physical dense body. Uh, you eat. You you need to sleep. There's different things like that, unless certain beings have gotten different ways about it. They do different things. But it's that kind of a density and they get can be tricked. And they trick people or souls with vanity. Um, what's the other thing they love to and trick them with? On, uh, on that vanity. Note, Ego. <laughs> we only have a couple okay. of minutes left. So this will be a to be continued. Uh, I want to okay. thank all of you. This is an awesome beginning, and I'm looking forward to uh, subsequent chapters in ET Universal Zone. Uh, and also, I'm looking forward <laughs> to having you guys on our panels um, and also on specials. And we have a couple of minutes. Please share your contact information so that folks can find you uh, beyond this podcast. We'll do that. But I also want to add that we, we will also be happy to you know to address mundane um paranormal and supernatural questions they don't all have to be you know a multi-dimensional no, no. angels nature spirits but uh what happens to people on the other side so tell you them uh, how to get in contact with us we, you can always reach us at the intergalactic mission.com but now you can also and now you can also find us at et universal zone.com and the, there should be email for you people to contact us at and uh also, we're welcoming any questions people might want to send to us so we can address them, too, as we go, because it's a lot of fun because um, people just write into me and say, what about this? And if it's pretty good, we'll go with it, you know, like um, hauntings. Where do go- why do ghosts get stuck? Or karma, cause and effect, and duality. Do animals progress to the other side and over? Um, the elemental kingdom, angels, uh, and fairies, and nature spirits. Uh, and also these different space commands that are out there, alliances groups like Ashtar and some others. So there's lots of things like we can touch on because I've experienced these things all on these other dimensional spaces, and I came traverse them all. I traversed them as I came before I come here and before I even came to this planet. So I wanted, I was able to get this information from Sananda, who asked me in 1999. He physically appeared to me, and he. And I said, what is it you want me to really do? Because you know, I, I nearly fell on the ground when he came in. And Because um, <laughs> your soul knows the truth from the creator. And he says, tell them the truth. So I said, which truth? The one I know on this planet now or the one from where I come from with you in space? And, and Eric Fana. He said, all of it. <laughs> and then so- that's why, because there's not enough time. There's not enough time. And I'm trying to help the souls... Uh, Phil and I are trying to help them. Please, please, you don't have to be stuck coming back and uh, constantly on reincarnating to this planet density. There's other planets and systems to go to in higher frequencies because this is not your true home, this density. And that's that's my me- message. Message for today. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just informed me we have 60 seconds. So thank you again. Um, okay. And- I'm looking forward to being on this adventure with you, and I'm looking forward to learning, uh, absorbing all that you have to share. And thanks to everybody who uh, called in tonight and listened or who was listening from home or who's going to be listening later on demand. Until next time, this is us wishing you joyous journeys and amazing adventures.
Good night. Good night. God bless. Good night. Good night.